Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We were just talking about... With all that's going on right now, in, um, so whenever you're listening to this, this is uh, January 2021. Everybody couldn't wait for 2021. I already told everybody that was ridiculous, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you're kidding. Anyhow, I, first I was talking to Steve earlier, and I was like, and he was saying, you know, I haven't listened to so much preaching and teaching and YouTube teaching and prophecies. And, and so I asked, I said, who's watched and listened to more teaching or Christian teaching and prophecies and different ministers than ever before? And everybody in the place raised their hands. So we're asking you guys on Facebook and those on beautyfrashes.org. By the way, you can always find us, always find us at beautyfrashes.org, almost every service, not always on our Friday night intercession, but for all the others, um, beautyforashes.org. I'm just going to kind of go over how this works. Amen. Cause I've been in a lot of, um, long trials and I've been in really serious situations like, you know, um, uh, the hugest typhoon in recorded history. And it was coming right to the Island we were at. That was like our fifth typhoon. That was at least a category five coming at us. We one time had to hide because there was a military thing that happened where we were at and we saw people of a faith that doesn't like Christians and, and we were in a place that kidnaps Americans. And so we had to go hide for a few days. So that was interesting and exciting. And, uh, and then one time we had a drunken uh, person trying to bust through our very cheap hotel room door in another nation um, and he was drunk and he, he wasn't, he was up to no good. So we've had, we've had quite a few things besides my son uh, being super sick and took years for him to be completely healed. Besides the suddenly of my daughter dying in front of me. So I've been through a lot of things. Amen. Besides the, uh, somebody close to our business here, our church here, trying to sue us and others. And God had to show us where the paperwork was uh, in the city to prove them wrong. And then, um, gosh, there's just been a lot of different things. There was another lawsuit thing at one time too. Oh yeah. Anyway, there's been lots of things. So you just learn how to hear God in a crisis. Amen. And it's kind of neat as I've been listening to Elijah's streams and um, I like Johnny Inslow. Um, I haven't listened to him that much before this. And um, then there's others, but the, the thing, and then there's Wildcat Kerr. And so the thing that's been interesting is to kind of watch the other people in the body of Christ go through this also. I, we've, I've never experienced anything like this. Amen. And it gives me such a greater love for the body of Christ and also a lot of compassion for those who maybe people don't think they're handling it right. 
How many know, do not judge, lest you be judged? Who are you to judge another man's servant? For to his master he will stand or he will fall. And then God says this wonderful statement there, I'll make him stand. So let's not touch people who are changing course or don't know how to stand or have, you know, it's humbling enough when God shows us how goofy we are. Amen? So, so when he's doing it to somebody who's got more of a public, you know, um, they have a larger sphere of influence and we all have to watch together. Let's do that with mercy. Amen. Let's do that with mercy. And so, so I'm kind of, I'm over, uh, I'm praying for this prophetic group attacking this prophetic group or this one making comments about this one and that. I honestly don't think God's going to, um, um, uh, Call somebody completely out of this whole thing because they're in a shaking. Amen? When you're in a shaking, whatever's in you is going to shake. That's not supposed to be there. So we're in a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so we're all believing. Well, you, you guys know how I do this. So when I've been in a persevering trial, so far this has been more of a persevering trial since November 3rd, right? Than the straight out, well, at that point, we didn't think it was a trial. We knew there was potential of a trial. We knew this, we've been in major strategic spiritual warfare since March uh, for many different things. And we've watched God be faithful, 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 right? So this was like, okay, this, this time of testing was being heated up, right? So... After that, we all kind of got into gear to really begin to pray and really seek the Lord about what we're looking at. And it's not because of a person. I mean, I'm also over everybody saying, quit looking at a person. Just talk about yourself. If you're looking at a person, then tell yourself not to look at a person. Because truthfully, most, I don't know, I would believe that a lot of the born again, spirit filled believers who are still believing for God to do something to help the United States of America are already mature enough not to be looking at a person. Most of the ones who are looking at a person have probably uh, <coughs> quit interceding or praying or anything a long time ago. Amen? And, and it's okay. If somebody is looking at a person, then Holy Spirit will convict them. But let me just say this. Hmm. Because of the covering doctrine that all the same people uh, are telling people not to look to a person, the covering doctrine tells you to look to a person. So quit coming against all the people looking to a person until you repent of being part of believing the covering doctrine, which causes people to look to people. And, and for all the prophets who um, want to apologize because what they thought was going to happen and the timing they thought it was going to happen didn't come to pass, well... You don't need to apologize. If you need to repent, that's not an apology. A repentance means, God, I missed it. I missed hearing you. I missed walking with you. And if you really felt you were under a spirit of deception and you brought people into deception, then you need to step down and find out why the enemy can bring you into deception before you try to speak into other people's lives. If you're just apologizing because you think you missed it, then you need to go and find out why or how you missed it and what do you mean by missed it and why does that have to do with everybody else? I'm just saying it's God is shaking everything so everybody grow up. 
at Beauty for Ashes, we don't teach people to listen to prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We teach people to yield to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in them will discern if that person is speaking from the Holy Spirit. Then they will discern if that is God's word and is coming forth from the right spirit. Because we know that there are human beings involved in this. And we are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. Sons and daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. Not by the fivefold ministry. The fivefold ministry is here to equip and to train up and to mature, help to mature the people of God. So that they can connect to the headship of Jesus Christ and be led by his Spirit. So, so when we're going through these things. If somebody just is so, 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 so confident and there's nothing of the flesh getting in the way, that it actually possibly could be somebody. Well, so far when we've seen that, we've already seen them be humbled, haven't we? Not in a mocking way, in a serious way. They've been humbled. They don't owe anybody an apology because they're being humbled. Amen? Because God does, God does not honor pride. Pride is an independent from him or feeling more superior than we should. Amen? So, how many know as we walk this thing out in God in any trial? We're going to be humbled because God likes to humble us. What does humbling mean? A dependency upon God. Not upon other people's opinions. Not upon other people's views. Not upon other people's callings. But a dependency upon God. Pride is independence from God. And it's prideful to try to get people to follow a man. And become independent from following God. Amen? So that whole doctrine of covering, just by the way, has to be destroyed. The other things God is destroying in this time is spirit of error. Such as we're going to dominate the earth. That's a really big doctrine out there. And a lot of strong prophetic people. Because I don't yet believe there's very many apostolic people. I think God's in the process of shaking right now. I think that's the exciting part. We're about to see apostolic people come on the scenes. Whoa! But he's shaking the last move, and that always shakes the move before that and the move before that of restoring the, the prophetic, okay? And so in that place of shaking, let's just know he's got, does anybody think the prophetic is totally powerful and mature yet? No. But do we believe that God is working there and Holy Spirit's doing things and we've watched great things come forth and we love what Holy Spirit's doing. We love uh, the people he's choosing to work through. We love what they have brought to the body of Christ. Like we said at the very beginning, we're all listening to as many prophecies as we can find and, and especially when they're preaching from the word and all these things, right? So I think the biggest thing everybody needs to see in this, the body of Christ is in this together. And God has taken us on this ride. Amen? And he didn't let it become an instant victory where we would have gone back to business as usual. And 10 people would have wrote books on why they were right and started doing uh, conferences or Zoom calls depending on where they're at. And instead, everybody's kind of stumbling over everything, right? So, yay God. He's shaking everything that can be shaken, amen? He's also, I believe, prophetically out of the book of Revelations, this is part of him vomiting out of his mouth the lukewarm. 
and there are a lot of lukewarm people. Now, how far will that go? I don't know, because there are a lot of people in our nation who say they're Christians who, based on what they would endorse in the form of murder of babies, in the form of um, what God would call perversion. If God calls something perverted, guess what? It's perverted. Plain and simple, explanation point, there's no discussion. He didn't, he doesn't change. He, he's, the word perverted means to get away from God's original intention. Okay, that's what perverted means. To get away from God's original intention. So there's a lot of perversion in the body of Christ. Amen. There's a lot of perversions in our world. All of mankind in their fallen state is walking in some level of perversion until they find Christ. Amen. So anyway. So I'm just setting the stage on where we're at and where everything is at and what's going on. So how many know? Okay, so, so let me tell you how I handle these kind of things. And those who've walked with me through trials, you've kind of seen me do this, especially if you've been on the mission field or with me in some of the situations. First of all, I just hang out with Jesus. Amen? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm more hanging out with listening to teachers and prophets and prophecies and all these things right now in his presence. Amen. But that's okay because there is a season for everything. And when Holy Spirit, if that's all you want to do, and you're, I'm not talking about listening to things that are not by Christians. Amen. Get rid of, delete, quit listening to the things that are from people taking advantage of Christians or trying to make Christians look foolish or ridiculous. I will say, though, if you listen to some of the mainstream, you know what I'm saying, that's as foolish, if not worse, than what they are calling foolish. Amen. So, so with that, every single day, even in the middle of the night, I wake up thinking, oh my gosh, Lord. I, the other day I, I was watching um, the video, um, is really good, of uh, Proud to be an American. And I just started crying. Like literally tears just crying and crying. And it was almost, it was almost like a grieving, but it wasn't led of the holy, it wasn't led of the enemy. It was more of a laying everything down and saying, God, Please bless our nation. God, thank you for letting me be born in this nation. God, forgive me for taking it lightly. God, forgive me for not using the blessings and the freedoms and the things you've given us in this nation for your glory in a greater way. And, and I just begin as I'm listening to that song, thinking about the nations that have been under control and, and, and no freedoms for all these years and how little attention I personally have paid to that and how little attention a lot in the body of Christ have paid to that and how even though this ministry does a lot overseas, especially for our size ministry, it's still not enough. Amen. And I begin to repent. See, God's looking for people who will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways. Amen. He's looking for people who seeking his face. But when they humble yourself, it's like you, that's what humbling yourself is. It's like you hear that song or something God is doing, the anointing's there. And all of a sudden you realize what you took too lightly, what you did not, um, 
and, and this, this is to the whole body of Christ. Where were the Christian teachers? Where were the Christian parents? Where were the people screaming and yelling about what's being taught in the schools? Where were the people crying out and saying, what's going on? Why have we been so blind to what's been happening in the political arena for so many years that we would even be surprised? I have to tell you, I'm not surprised. Because we've been through some things in this ministry that none, has anybody heard anything, even some of the, the uh, investigating um, our president um, for the Russia Gate and all that mess, whatever they called it. Did any of that surprise you? So if you've been looking or listening, you've known most of this. Amen. By the spirit, you've known most of this. And because our particular church, I won't get into it, went through something a few years ago that had to do with corruption. I remember though, when we went through that, we were shocked. We were shocked at how helpless it felt to not feel like you could turn to anyone. Like you, there was nobody in, in government who would help you. And even, even though, so, so we've got to have compassion and realize, wow, right now there's a big awakening. And a lot of people in this nation are feeling that. And it's a feeling of hopelessness. It's a feeling of what do I do? It's a feeling of, of confusion. And everything in you that the enemy's ever placed in you or is trying to get in you wants to try to cope to take care of self. Well, you know what the biggest problem is? We've been trying to take care of self so long that this is how the enemy has set us up. Amen? And so we're at this church, we're going to not take care of self. We're going to let God take care of us. Ho! Oh, we're going to let him take care of us. He can do what he wants. He can hide us how he wants. He can put us right out there what he wants. He can do what he wants. We are going to be those people who are led of his spirit. Amen? And if you say that lightly then you haven't really thought about it in your pretended faith. Amen? There's this thing called pretended faith. There's people doing decrees and declarations that there's no Holy Spirit anointing behind it, and then there's people doing it that it is. Amen? So it's one thing to hear what God is giving to the church, uh, something that we're to war with, something that we're to, to walk in, revelation. All that's awesome. He's been doing a lot of that my whole lifetime. Amen? So I'm thankful for everything the Holy Spirit's done. But it's funny how quickly human beings imitate it and think it's anointing because they're imitating something that was anointing when God did it with someone else. Amen? Once again, a lot of that's under the covering stuff. So anyway, so I'm just kind of sharing. So, so then you get, you know, you're like, okay, Lord, show me. And then you, for me, you know, it's this real time of seriously laying it down. Amen? Now, I had to, I've had to do that, you know, when I walked through the thing with my son being sick for so long. I had to get to it. I never, ever gave up on the promise of God. Amen? And my son is healthy and uh, having a great life and grew up. And none of the things that were supposed to happen to him um, were able to stick. Amen? And I learned to listen to what the doctors were saying, not to be mad at the doctors who were just saying what they were seeing. Amen. I learned to take what they were seeing before the throne of God and say, why does Satan think he can do this? Show me anything in my heart that would allow it. Anything in my thinking, any wrong doctrine I've listened to. God, show me how the enemy thinks he can do this. And the Lord would. That's humbling yourself. Turning from your wicked ways, seeking his face, amen. And then whatever thing it was, and sometimes it would take weeks and sometimes it would take months and some things even took years, but 
So first thing, this is real Christianity. Real Christianity. And it's cool because I've heard Johnny Inslow say it. I heard the, the guy from Elijah's dream say it. I've heard others say it. I think you still have those who, who aren't shaken at all. But you could tell some of them have really been humbled. And they really do stand. They really encounter God. And they're really believing. And I'm in total agreement with them. Amen? And then you have those who stand who have no idea what they're doing. And then I'm like, Lord, let them get their wake-up call of their pretended faith a different way, please. <laughs> you know, please have mercy on us. So the, here, here are the things as I've been speaking to the Lord and, and just really have dealt with my heart. These are the things that I know that I know that I know. I know that I know that God is not upset with the church in America, that we have come up to the plate. We have awakened. Now, that doesn't mean the whole church has awakened, but it means the remnant or the bride, those who are heading towards being his bride, the mature church has awakened. Amen? And when I ask the question, how many has been listening, teaching? Everybody, now, let me say this. If somebody's listening to just one person and that's all they listen to and they're just this and this and they just stand, they haven't awakened. They're still in pretended faith. They're still under the bondage of covering. Okay. But when you're like, okay, Lord, show me, Lord, teach me, okay, and, and he's talking to you, and you're in that serious place, and most people in this church have been through some serious stuff to have tasted of this before, amen? So that's cool. We know how to overcome. All right, so we know, I can say this with all, with all assurance. I know this. We are not outside of God's will at overall as his body. I know this. I'm not outside of his will. And I know this as a church body. Um, there's always a few people outside of God's will in a church. But overall, we are right where he wants us to be. We have been for a long time. He's heard all of our prayers. He's seen all of our intercession. We didn't make this stuff up. I mean, we had that powerful intercession. I'm talking about March or April or something. And I won't get into details, but you guys remember. With two red flags. And we're like, wonder why we need the two red flags. We know what they stood for. And it's a country that likes the color red. But we, I had no idea that that country that likes the color red was this close to doing some things that they're trying to do to destroy nations. And they have a really strong doctrine of dominance, kind of like the church, that the church needs to repent of now. God does not want us to dominate the world. God wants us to be light in darkness and those who want him to come to him. The, what took the first church into complete darkness and was called the dark ages was embracing a belief when Constantine decided to make everyone have to be a Christian. And out of that came Catholicism. Now get that, everybody. Because they embraced a doctrine that God was going to make everyone be a Christian, the entire church went into the Dark Ages. And there was just a small remnant of people here and there that they called mystics that still had a relationship with God during that time. And they were put in prison for it. Some of them died for it. Um, and it took a long time to come out of that when God began to visit Martin Luther and Martin Luther had a lot of human problems and issues, people. 
I'm talking about the original Martin Luther. I'm sure Martin Luther King probably has some stuff too, because we all do, amen? But I'm talking about the real Martin Luther for his day and time. God's not expecting you to be in, in a place that the church isn't anywhere near yet, amen? So for his day and time and all his imperfection, God chose Martin Luther to, to get away from a church theory of dominating, and brought it back to about relationships. Amen? So, kind of took it away from being a governmental kind of thing. And into being a relationship with God kind of thing. And a relationship with other people kind of thing. So we need to recognize that. Because that same theology in the body of Christ is a reason that we're still, one of the reasons we're still in this place of shaking. So I don't know if any of those people will hear this because it is a closed topic. But I just want those people listening. You need to renounce covering doctrine. You need to ask God to forgive you for buying into a doctrine that if you even look it up in scripture, talks about um, Satan being the covering cherubim or the demon behind it. And then you need to go look, and I think it's in Galatians and, and or Corinthians, Corinthians, both of them, ones who's bewitched you. And I, I think it's 1 Corinthians where it talks about who you say you're of Paul, you say you're of Apollos, you're looking after these people, you're looking up to these people when this is about Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's get that doctrine, and it's a Nicolaitan doctrine, out of the church. Amen. If we don't get that thing out of the church and God gives us a season of, of, of being in the wilderness, because you know when they crossed the Red Sea, they went into the wilderness. And they didn't go to the promised land very quickly because they were murmuring and complaining and they were not getting their eyes on God. They were getting their eyes on stuff. Someone did it. I heard somebody teach today. I think it was Tim Sheets. I think it was Tim Sheets about, yeah, and they got there and they were very happy with free bread and free clothes. And so it made them content just to walk around and wander around and not fight the giants to be in the promised land. And he was talking about if God parts this Red Sea and the enemy falls into the trap of that, then we still have to get into the promised land. So I'm very hopeful that the Red Sea is going to part. I'm still hopeful. I'm believing for that. We're going to be praying for that. Because if you look at what that is, it was a divine setup. It was a divine setup. And God's like, this is the only way of escape. Go this way. They start to go through the Red Sea. The enemy follows them that way. And the sea falls in on them and destroys them. But then we still don't have Moses and those guys in the promised land. They still acted too much like the people in Egypt. They still had a poverty mentality. They still had a somebody take care of me mentality. They still had a murmuring mentality. So why don't we know right now, why don't we get all those things taken care of even if we don't have the Red Sea moment yet? Because it would be nice to get into the promised land. Amen? And what is the promised land for the church right now? It is an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit to bring forth a perfected bride without spot or blemish who will glorify Jesus Christ, who will cause others to see how awesome he is and will move in the power of God to bring the revelation of how real God is on planet Earth. Now we know we're far from that as everybody has been wearing and 
letting people label them unessential. And I think that line of thinking is going to be intensified in the days ahead no matter what. So I don't think God's really glorified when we're all agreeing that we're not essential. Amen? <laughs> I don't want to take that test again. Amen? Well, guess what? Looks like we might be. So we're going to, we passed before. We're going to pass it really good this time. We're going to pass it so well. We will be hallelujah. We're going to have visitations of the Holy Spirit in this place like you have never felt before. We're going to have such faith in the power of our God. We are going to be so able to focus on who he is when the whole world system is going into captivity. We are going to go into a freedom we've never even experienced before. Amen. And we're going to trust God. So. And, and know this. No matter what the Red Sea moment looks like. If it happens this week. There's still that. Think of it this way. If we get a Red Sea moment. And I hope we do. A lot of people. Are going to be crossing over. Who don't know God. And though they won't even understand that the enemy that got swallowed up is spiritual. And it has to do with great deception and spirits of control and oppression. The people who are going to get through with those who are walking in freedom are still going to be bound to all this stuff in Egypt. And if we don't recognize that we got to help them get free... All the kids who don't even have never gone to church that, that make fun of Christmas, they don't even know who Jesus is. All the Christians, supposedly Christians, who live just like the world, who have so, then all the different theologies and things going on. Does anybody see that we got a little bit of stuff to do, even if we have our Red Sea moment. And I believe if we do have our Red Sea moment and we don't understand this, we're going to end up right back in Egypt or worse. I don't want to die in the wilderness. And all of this have to start over for another generation. Amen. This was not what I was going to preach. So here's what we're going to do. Here, here's, we don't have a plan B. We have only plan A. We're going to teach people. How to overcome. No matter what is going on in the world. And we're going to teach people how to live with favor in the midst of captivity. And we're going to teach people how to set the captives free and rescue and to love when you're hated. And we are going to do this God's way. And we are going to bless when we're cursed. And we are going to believe God and his word over everything else, no matter how long we have to persevere. Because we're being changed into his image and his likeness. That's all the Holy Spirit has ever been about. 
a people who's been perfected for Christ Jesus. And if we get perfected for Christ Jesus, we will be evangelists with power. We will be those who know how to see people healed. We will have answers for our families. This is not the time to be arguing and acting puffed up about what you think is going to happen. Amen? God's not asking you to be bold. Boldness comes through you when you're trying not to be bold. It's not being arrogant and then looking foolish so that people are turned off to the gospel. Amen? It, I mean, if you say it, it needs to happen. That doesn't mean, be, don't be afraid to say it. Just walk in love. Walk in love. There are a lot of people really excited right now. Not with anticipation of what's coming, with what they think has already come. I mean, all around town, it's happy mask wearers. <laughs> so I'm happy for them. I'm blessing them. I like to go hi-fi everybody, but you can't get six feet away from them, so I can't. Amen? I'm going to believe, no matter what happens that this entire area is going to be healed and we are going to be a place where the virus will not be able to settle. We are not going to be vindictive. We are not going to be, well, this is what you deserve. Go ahead and take it. Now, everybody knows you've had those thoughts a little bit. So right now we come together corporately and we say, forgive us, God. Jesus, you didn't have those thoughts when you came and rescued us. Father, you forgave us on that cross because we did not know what we were doing. That people did not know what they were doing. They knew they were saying crucify you. They knew they were giving in to, to a religious spirit that was full of hate and anger and perversions and hypocrisy. They knew that certain people were just wounded and hurt who loved you, Lord. So, Father, we come in agreement as touching right now, and we choose with all our hearts to forgive those people who do not understand what's going on right now. And, Father, right now we separate those people from the spirits operating in those people's lives. And, Lord, we want to be rescuers. And we want to fight the good fight of faith for this entire nation, not just for one party or the other. Lord, we are in your party, a Holy Ghost party. Lord, you alone take care of evil people. Those are people who actively know they're coming against you. They're people who, who, who have seared their conscience. They're people, Lord God, that are hypocrites that will fall into a fiery judgment before you one day. And even those, Lord, only you know whose hearts are completely seared and whose hearts are still open and tender towards you. So we come in agreement as touching God that there will be a powerful move of the Holy Spirit on the hill. A greater move than we've seen in history. An outpouring of your spirit that crosses all party lines, God, and brings people to their knees crying out to you. And that there will be light in some of those in that place to guide them to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And Lord, even tonight, 
why there may be a lot of fear and there's been a lot of twisted things and there's been a lot of painful things stirred up and there's just a lot of spirit of fear. God, for those who know you, your word declares you have not given them the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. So we speak that over those who belong to you, that they would come now with faith in what you're doing, God. With great love for, this, for people, Lord, in this nation, and that people would know you. That their hope would be in the Holy Spirit, and not in whatever party wins or doesn't win. And Lord, that you would begin to restore sound minds to those who are seriously frightened, Lord God, beyond anything they've ever thought of before. Lord, that they would begin to cry out to you. And Lord, that you would begin to pull from that group of people. Lord, that some of those who shouldn't even be there, and they know it, but that you would turn it around for good. You would turn it around for your glory. You are bigger than anything the enemy has tried to do. And you will take everything and turn it for good for those who love you and call to your purpose. So Lord, we're asking for a powerful move of your spirit among those people. That Lord, even in this night, that they would have visitations. Lord, that some of them would give their hearts to you completely. That ears would be open to those who know you, God. And this divisive spirit would break in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> So, gosh, it's almost eight. So when I was, so y'all just come in agreement. This is how we're praying tonight. Has anybody figured that out? Amen? Because it's always so different around here. Don't you like that though? Don't you like that it's so different? That, that you can have agreement prayer like this in this kind of powerful presence of God that is just as powerful as when God is doing prophetic signs and wonders prayers. Amen? Yes. Whew. I feel it. Lord, thank you. So. So when I was asking the Lord, you know, Lord, what are we doing? I was asking the Lord. So I said, I said to the Lord, I don't know if this was last night or the night before. But I said, you know, God. Okay, so I don't know what number I'm on and what to do. But talk to him like he's real. And you expect him to hear you and to talk back to you, whether it's in a small, still voice, by scripture, combination, or through somebody else's preaching or teaching. Amen? He hears you. My sheep hear my voice, they will not follow another. So begin to ask God to get everything out of your heart to make you follow, follow another voice. I, I will tell you this, until we mature, we follow the voice of our own opinions. So I was asking the Lord. So what you want to do, you want to spend time and, and you should have, you want to build the relationship with God so you understand this and you do this anyway, amen? But you want to spend time with God making sure you keep your heart right, amen? And, and just being still before him. And can I tell you, don't do fake stuff. If you're not in a party, party kind of mode, then be what you are, but be sincere before God, Amen? Tell him what is concerning you. He says, bring all, he says, bring all your cares before him to pretend you don't have anything with this going on. You got to be kidding me. Amen. Bring your cares before him. Tell him to help you get rid of idolatry. How many know he promises? We've, we can see he gives favor 
to those in captivity who obey him and do what he wants, who will not bow their knee to fear and worship another God. Amen? So we may all be tested in some of these things. So as I was sitting there and I, I was listening, I was listening to what the Lord was saying through different prophets and different things. And I mean, you can go from one who does 100%, this is over tomorrow, but that tomorrow came and went. And then, okay, well, 100% it's over tomorrow. And they're all kind of back and you're like, oh. And then you have those who are like, God's not gonna do it that way. That's impossible. There's no other paths and all this, all right? So let me say this. The ones that make you automatically get into fear and unbelief don't listen to that. Now, if it's more of a wake up, you're not, you're thinking a little too bubbly and you need to get a, get a reality check in the spirit, like Lance, you listen to those, okay? You get what I'm saying? And then when it's too, uh, too much stuff mixed in there with no, um, in other words, when you begin to look at what evidence in the natural is instead of the evidence in your spirit is, there's an issue. So when I was talking to the Lord about this, I said, Lord, it'd be nice if you just show me um, what we're doing. What am I supposed to believe for? Because there's got to come that understanding that losing our rights in this nation is horrible. And that, that Christians are the main target. They don't care how anybody else worships. They don't care how anybody else prays. And we've all, we're also into social media. They got every information. Everybody's played those little games and they tell you what your prayer is or who you, what Bible character you would be. All that's to find out if you're a Christian. But all they have to do is ask me. I'll tell them. Amen? So I'm not going to live in fear, but can I tell you it's time to use wisdom? If God says put that down, turn that off, then it's time to do it. And, and don't, don't think that, oh, I can handle it. There's stuff out there that would be pretty horrible to have to handle if God's trying to stop you from having to handle it. Amen? All right. So he had me start reading 1 Corinthians 2. I mean, I start 1 Corinthians 1 and then 2. Um, um, and I did it in, the, um, in a couple of different versions. So... Listen how cool this is when you look at what we're looking at and you put it in perspective of today and especially the Passion Translation. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with my speech and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus the crucified Messiah. All right, so we need to keep our focus on Jesus, what he's paid for. Why does he want this? What is he looking for? And so far, I think today, and one of the many people I've listened to was the first time I've heard anyone besides what the Lord showed us. I know there's others, but the first time I heard someone say, God's real hard in this is to stop um, abortion. Because most people, which is natural, is more concerned about how are they going to keep their jobs? And how are they going to be bold about their faith? And what, so what's the first thing most people think about? Themselves. 
Everybody guilty, say amen, amen. And you got to work that out between you and God. But God is after something bigger. God is after a nation not serving Baal. A nation that he wants to bless. And when you hear people say, well, God could never get rid of the U.S. Well, every nation that has rose and fallen probably thought that. And Israel is the apple of his eye. And Israel you see definitely in the Bible at the very end as well as the beginning. But she was wiped out from having her own nation for a long, long time. Amen. See, these are the things I see about God that are in his word. And the book of Revelation, so it's new covenant. To realize there, there's also the severity of God. But even if you look at people like Daniel who would not bow their knee to the enemy or to fear and Joseph, God gave them favor even in captivity. God, they were slaves, you guys. They were slaves. And yet they had very respected lives and favor because they did not deny God. One of them could, could understand dreams and had such vision of how to help people. And actually both of them. And so you see God's supernatural anointing and power in them. The world looked to, first of all, because they didn't have a chip on their shoulder that they were in captivity. Mm. Make us, this is not what any of us wanted to hear tonight. This is what happened with Karen. I tried to do the radio a couple weeks in advance. All right. How many want to do this thing's God way? Plain and simple. He's making us into his image, his likeness. And I said from day one, he might be able to have a, he might be able to do that better with a church in captivity because we sure didn't do a very good job when we had freedoms. But here's the deal. If he's going to take care of me and he's going to put me in his will and he's going to make me like him and he's going to, to he's not going to let his wrath come down on those who love him. Amen. He's not going to let the enemy touch what belongs to him. If he chooses to have you lay down your life for his glory, there's tons of rewards for that. Amen. And you cannot read the New Testament people. You cannot read the book of Revelations and not see that a lot of saints die for their beliefs so that's why the happy 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 stuff isn't the whole picture but the deep revelation of who God is and how real he is and how he'll take care of you and what he'll do in your life and how he'll use you for your glory and how much he wants to have a glorified uh body of believers who will do his will and do powerful things I mean what if he decides hey you get to be one of the witnesses and anything you say happen and they can't kill you they couldn't kill John the beloved God showed I could have made sure they couldn't kill any of them but because John the beloved did it God's way even though they couldn't kill him I'm sure it wasn't fun stuff he went through as they're trying to kill him then they put him in a work camp how many know we don't want that and instead in the work camp, he has the most powerful revelation and visitation to heaven for real, no question about it, with a powerful purpose of giving us the book of Revelation. How awesome is God? So how many can tell that we got a ways to go? I'm still 
begging for mercy and hoping we won't go back to sleep if God gives us a Red Sea moment and we get in the wilderness and we don't lose it there by going back to the same stuff in our hearts that we have in our hearts right now as to why this happened to our nation. Amen? I, mm. Why didn't we stop abortion when we had all the freedoms to protest, all the freedoms in how to vote that weren't at all rigged? Why couldn't the church come together and do that? And why aren't we repenting for that and recognizing when God says, if my people called by my name, that's not finished yet for the church. I know, I know, I know this is like not fun preaching right now because of what we're looking at. That doesn't mean he can't show mercy. It doesn't mean that he won't say, okay, enough of them have awakened and they're going to listen now. Right? Please, God. All right. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God, trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith, here we go, God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in God's almighty power. We're at a place right now where man's wisdom can't do this. Amen? Amen? If we have a Red Sea moment tomorrow, we still need God's almighty power to carry that out in such a way that doesn't cause something like a true, what happened in Abraham Lincoln's time. I gotta watch the words I say. Amen? I don't wanna see people killing each other everywhere. I don't want to see violence. I don't want to see anybody die. Actually, when we're going to pray tonight, we're going to pray that tomorrow is divinely protected by angels. That every plan of the enemy is destroyed. And anything that God is doing for his purposes and his glory that he's already released to be done, ho, will be done. But we don't want the devil sticking his nose in any of this and causing trouble and then Christians celebrating as if it were God. Amen? Yet you can read enough about what God does in the new and the old covenant to know that it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. You can also know that vengeance belongs to him. So nothing is outside of what God can and might do. The thing is, I only want to be in agreement with what God does, ho, and not the enemy. I don't want to open up the door to be cheering on the devil for anything, amen? So we need to take that really serious and we cannot get an attitude of vengeance. It belongs to the Lord, it doesn't belong to us. God can rescue us. God could have rescued us anywhere along the way, amen? I mean, we have a system in this nation where God could have rescued us anywhere along the way and we weren't rescued, right? 
And this is where David really, really, really won. And Daniel really, really won. And where they had favor, where God could restore everything. Because they always looked at everything as being from God's hand because of something in their lives that God wanted to deal with. Everybody's repenting for everybody's sin but their own. God have mercy. Amen. But I'm hidden in Christ. I'm going to stay there. No matter how much the devil tries to pick at me to try to get me to come out, I'm not going to. Amen. By God's grace. This is serious stuff. I'm teaching you some serious stuff. It's a little exciting to my spirit man, which is the real me. <laughs> Amen. To see how God is going to bring forth his bride in the United States of America. And what he's going to lift up and not lift up. And how he's going to do what he's going to do to get a mature church. Amen. With or without a government that's in agreement with God. How much easier to have a government in agreement with God. How much we did not as the church, celebrate that and honor that. And we really were a very petty little group, to be quite honest. I told you when God told me Trump was going to win four years ago, I said, gosh, is that good or bad? Because there were some strong Christians running in the primaries. And the Lord said, it's up to the church. I'm not so sure that a lot of the church decided to be serious about what God was doing with that president. Amen? So we're going to trust in God's almighty power. However, there is a wisdom that we continually speak of when we are among the spiritually mature. It's wisdom that didn't originate in this present age. I like this part. It didn't originate in this present age, nor did it come from the rulers of this age who are in the process of being dethroned. I like that. The rulers of this age... Now, this is talking about spirits, but if these spirits are being dethroned, guess what? The people that are their puppets are losing their authority in the natural. Amen? So we're going to continue to pray against these um, rulers of this age. Somebody write that down so we'll remember to keep praying. praying. That the rulers of this age are going to be dethroned because of God's wisdom. Instead, we will continually speak of this wonderful wisdom that comes from God, hidden before now in a mystery. It is his secret plan. Now, the cool thing is when I was reading this as a rhema word, the Lord was speaking, I'm going to dethrone the rulers. So you can count on that. He pretty much said, I've dethroned the rulers of this present age over this situation. Which to me means the rulers have been dethroned as long as we don't back down. Now we just have to wait for that to trickle down. Ho! And the people who were those puppets lose that demonic edge and authority that they've been walking in. And I'm not going to tell God how to do that. He can do it a ton of ways. The choice would be repentance and an encounter with God. But he has many other ways to bring down the rulers or the puppets of the rulers of this age. Right? How many filleted their spirit that all the prayer 
that's been going before heaven and for, for a lot of people for years, certainly, hopefully, within the last few months or 10 months, the enemy is so afraid of people coming together in agreement prayer that they close down churches, which honestly 100% goes against our still standing first constitutional right. So when we're going to be praying as a house of prayer, my people shall be a house of prayer. We're going to pray that those constitutional rights do not leave this nation. Oh! We're going to come against every devil and principality that tries to touch them. So maybe writing this down. This is what we're going to be praying. This is what we're going to be doing. We're not going to have time tonight, but we're going to have time Friday night. We're going to do some tonight. Amen. Let me say, without me trying, God is giving us our marching orders. He's giving those who are watching their marching orders. Amen. So probably don't bother watching TV tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. Okay. <laughs> this is exactly what happened when we were doing radio. We're going, no, we wanted to hear something else. I'm not counting out. God could do whatever. Amen. We would have these same marching orders, even if we have a Red Sea moment, to get us out of that wilderness that happens after the Red Sea. Amen. It's going to be more fun at least believing through tomorrow for a Red Sea moment. Oh, <laughs> amen. And the bottom line is true people yielded to God do not have to know that they know everything. We only see in part. Amen. And God likes that. He set it up that way. It's absolutely completely that way, especially in New Covenant. There's no question about it. Amen. Because he wants us to do what we've been doing. What is their part? What's their part? What are they seeing? What's their part? And not throw out the parts we don't like and then get a misguided blueprint of what God is doing and wants us to do. Amen. I w it would be nice to have the part of the one person we watched on Sunday who everything happy, 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 celebrate, celebrate because that is part of it. Oh, but I get the part to prepare people to overcome, to prepare people to find out how big God is and to recognize, to recognize and to keep going that the rulers of this age, it, this is, is in the process of being dethroned. That's the wording. It's in the process of being dethroned. How many know we are going to continue that process until that spirit, that principality, Amen. That principality of that red flag that we used in intercession once is dethroned. Oh, completely. Even that night when we saw it, we're like, we know what the little red flag meant. It was about the virus. But we didn't understand why he made us get the big red flag. We were blind to this. Duh, <laughs> we know now, <laughs> amen. But he's telling us, you have to dethrone this. Oh, I'm getting this. So we're gonna have to find out what is the spirits behind that big red flag? And what if that is in our hearts? Oh, that we've got to get out of our hearts so that we can have authority. And once we learn this, that God would give us the favor to take this to others in the body of Christ.
Does everybody see this? So this is our assignment for our prayer meeting Friday. And for those who are watching and all these other nations do this. Especially those of you who've heard us teach and we come to your countries. Do this. What are, what are those things? What are those spirits that are in that big red flag? That might be in our hearts. That might be a wrong doctrine in the church that has to be destroyed. Can I, can I tell you this? I'm going to tell you this. Because you've been coming and we've been doing this and God's been done with our heart issues. We're going to keep our jobs. We're going to keep all of our property. And we're going to watch our families come into a real revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Amen? And we're going to be able to help others to find victory. We are going to be light in a gigantic way. We're going to find out how to be hidden in Christ. And we're going to get so close to God, the enemy is going to be fearful to get anywhere near this place. And it's going to spread and spread and spread. And I'm not saying we're the only ones. I'm just telling you what he's showing me. Amen. Listen to this. None of the rulers of this present world order understood it. For they had, for if they had, they would have never crucified the Lord of shining glory. I want you to understand this. God promises, his, his word says, what's meant for evil, God will turn it to good. To those who loved him and called to his purpose. How many want to start really loving God and obeying him? And how many are called to his purpose? What do you want for the rest of my life, Lord? What is your purpose? He will make the devil wish he never tried this where we were at. I believe for the USA. That's a promise. If Satan had known. That when he woke up this. When this bride. When this powerful church awoke. What was going to happen. He would have left this place alone. How? Why wouldn't he? Christians weren't doing hardly anything. Look at our school systems. Look at our entertainment. Look at our sports. Look at how little few people come to church. Look at the lack of power. But yeah, look, at, look at the price people charge just to go to a conference. You know, Holy Spirit's supposed to be the one speaking or I shouldn't even want to go. So why do I have to pay to hear him? Why can't I just yield to him and give what he shows me? God is turning over the money, the, the tables. He's turning over the chain. He's doing it all at once. Some churches haven't even been have a meeting in 10 months. People who had got all their money from conferences and all their money from selling books and CDs and all the new things and haven't even been able to hardly make anything are hurting. And I'm not mocking that. We need to pray and we pray they get the love of money out of their heart and the desire to only do what God wants to do and make available what he's made available for free that has been paid for and then let God take care of us. Amen. How many can already tell the shaking's not over yet? Yeah. Aren't we all happy? <laughs> all right. It doesn't mean I'm not cursing the Red Sea moment because there was a bunch of shaking in that wilderness, right? I'm, I'm like, God, can we do that? That's my vote. My vote is give us a Red Sea moment, but then in that wilderness, give us time to change our hearts. Give us a spirit influence to help change hearts. Do whatever. All right. 
In other words, if the devil had any idea what God was up to with his church in the United States of America right now, he would have left her asleep. That's why the scriptures say, listen, this things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. Guess what, guys? Quit trying to figure it out. God is doing something beyond our ability to imagine. Okay? We know he is doing something powerful. You can feel him. Can't you feel his presence? I mean, no, he, we need something done major. These are the many things God has in store for all those who love him. Yay! But God now, now this is what he gave me from this, when I was talking, isn't that cool? Who would have, you could have never seen this before this way until he wants to show it to you for now. There's just nothing not in this word. It's amazing. And in the different translations, he says, but now God unveils this profound reality to us by his spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his spirit, the spirit of God. Amen? His thoughts, his secrets, what he's doing. I know God is not sitting up there wondering how is he going to win this. God is winning this. He's doing exactly what he wants to do to bring forth his bride for his glory. How many got to admit it didn't kind of happen when we had the goodness, when we saw the goodness of the Lord in the natural. It did for us though. It did for some people, but, but for, even then it was because of trials and we went deeper in him. Amen. But here God takes all that and says, okay, I'm going to put you in the forefront of how to do this, of how to walk people through this. How many know this place is going to get full? I mean, you know, everybody's going, we're going to have to help people get free. We're going to have to help people understand. We're going to have to see the brokenhearted healed. Why didn't the church heal the brokenhearted instead of pretending it wasn't real or a real gift of the spirit? When we look at this, we're going to do this Friday, so you don't want to miss this. Friday, we're going to break down those schemes of the enemy of the ruler of the big red flag. So we can start attacking those things in the spirit. So if anybody wants to do a little research, research that so we can find out exactly how that whole thing works. So we can start breaking those things out of our hearts and going after those rulers. Amen. Because this process is going to dethrone that thing. This nation will not come under the ownership of the Antichrist spirit. It will not come under the ownership of demonic communist governments. It won't. Because that has to happen in the spirit to manifest in the natural. And that that demonic rulership is going to be dethroned. Amen? Amen? Can't you feel this? It's like, yes, let's fight and quit being just Christian wimps. Amen? 
We're going to fight in the spirit. I don't want to see a, any kind of violence or bloodshed personally. I would rather take more time and kill this thing in the spirit and then watch God expose what has to be exposed while he's shaken up what has to be shaken up and while he's doing his God thing. Amen. As the church is maturing and growing and getting serious for the first time in our American history since the Civil War. I mean, there may have been other times, but you know what I'm talking about. I've never felt this kind of intensity of God really doing something powerful for this nation that's beyond what anybody can think or imagine. This isn't just a band-aid. The president was used to expose darkness. And to show us how extremely corrupt and real I'm trying to watch my words. Um, how, how, how absolutely bad this thing was in judicial, legislative, everything except for the presidency for that one term to see how much those things work together to destroy this nation for the love of money, which is the root of all evil, which was the root behind slavery, which is the root behind all of this, which is the root behind globalism that has to be out of the church. Amen? Wow, he's, his word is true, isn't it? So we're going to tear this thing apart. We're not going to tear this thing apart for each person's little problem. You can add all that. You can apply all this to your little problems. Amen. How many know right now most of your problems look little? <laughs> Amen. How many know God will take care of us? Maybe we'll actually learn what it is to help each other. Maybe beyond anything we've ever known before. How many want to be like him? How many's not afraid to be made like him? How many know he knows what he's doing? How many know he's answering prayers of those who want to be like him? Of those who want to be one in the body? He, he says so clearly that they'll know us by our love for one another. Well, I think once the prophetic people quit fighting each other, they're going to begin to see this caring and loving and taking care of one another. Not the uh, way it's been done a lot of times in the past as a codependency. Look to us, we're the good ones and we're going to help little you. But as a sincere group of people coming together to do what the Lord puts on their heart to do. Oh, this is not what we wanted to hear tonight. But yet it is. Listen to this. <laughs> For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that his grace has lavished upon us. We're going to learn what those spiritual blessings are in heavenly places are, people, that have nothing to do with how much money you have. Think about it. 
spiritual blessings in heavenly places that can stop a virus. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places that can bring household salvation. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places that will provide no matter what. And the whole time getting closer to Jesus and loving Jesus and lifting up Jesus and caring about Jesus and watching him be glorified. We already said God has such a different idea of what we're supposed to be like. He goes on, and we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the Spirit, not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's Spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the light of the Spirit or the Holy Spirit revealing it. Can I give you a suggestion? Do not try to make people who are not led by the Spirit of God understand any of this. Let them be shocked at how much you don't have fear. Let them be shocked at how much love you have when they say, see. Let them be shocked at how you get above all this. Amen? And, and that, I think that's what we're about to step into. Amen? We're, we've, already, we've been waiting for that. Red Sea moment and the aha moment and well, we're going to be compassionate when this thing happens. But maybe, because this is not anything I made up tonight. Actually, I got a whole different revelation. I was reading this last night. <laughs> Amen. But even if it's just to do a heart change in us and we have our Red Sea moment, praise God. I'll never give up on believing for the Red Sea moment, just so you know. <laughs> But I'm prepared by his spirit to not be disappointed, but to know I'm being appointed to what he has for me in this season and this hour. Amen. Which I can do with or without the Red Sea moment. Amen. Those who live in the spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, but they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. But that's what we're doing. We're evaluating these things. See, we're having like a Holy Spirit-led discussion, so to speak, or a revelation of all the things that God is doing and all the things that can happen. And why does that bother you if you realize who he is and how big he is? And you want to understand grace. Well, grace comes, the supernatural empowerment of God to bring forth the promises and everything you need when you need grace. I do believe we are entering into the season of we need grace because the church became like the world in America and the church relied on the systems of the world in America and the church basically operated for the most part under the exact same systems of the love of money and the love of power and the dominating kind of thinking or the poor me kind of thinking that are of this world, the enabling instead of the overcoming and God's about to shake that. And think how awesome the church is going to look in this nation to shine for other nations when we get through this. And I'm praying we don't have um, a long wilderness journey that people will wake up. But how many know they're going to wake up more if the impact of I need to wake up is really there? It goes on. Who has intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has... Christ alone has, 
and we possess his mind or we have the mind of Christ or the perceptions. Basically, say, does anybody here really want to get before God and tell him how to do this? Some people think they should and can. I want to do it the way that glorifies God. I want to do it the way that less people die. But to still believe the promise that God is in the process of dethroning the rulers And he's going to finish that process as his church wakes up. And we're going to come out of it with everything that has been prophesied. And, and we can have all that either way. We can have all that with the Rit, Ritzy moment tomorrow and we all handle it correctly. We can have all that. If, you know what I mean? We're, we're going to get it, but, but God's in charge of how and he based that on what his church is doing. He's the only one who can decide how much of his church has to come into the vision. He's the only one who can decide that I've got to get, you got, you got to get this. Holy Spirit's going, all right, it's that time, Father. It's that time to start bringing forth that bride. It's that time to mature the church, to get her free from the covering doctrine. Whew that's held her blind and kept people under looking to leaders and people and not to the Holy Spirit, not to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's kept them blind. You know, it's kind of exciting. It's like he's lifting the veil from the dark ages, finally, to those who will see. Then they're gonna know what to do with themselves. Their Zoom church might have to Zoom away. They might have to actually gather together according to his word. I'm not against those things. I'm just waking everybody up to how ridiculous we've been with a wake-up call for eight or nine months and very few people woke up. People acted like it was a good thing. All right. Brothers and sisters, First Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3.1. When I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature. For you're still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you're immature infants in Christ, I had to nurse you, feed you with milk, not with solid food. The more advanced teachings, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready to be fed solid food. For you're living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Hello? Come on, we know we are. We know we're just to help us, God. Help us not think about how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that and what are we going to lose and how are our kids going to have their jobs and how much persecution is going to come and what's going to happen, God, and what are we going to do, right? That's all the mindsets of the flesh. He says, don't worry. Cast your cares on him. He'll take care of you. He doesn't say, if you live in a nation that has freedoms of speech, freedoms of religion, and, and you know, pretty many ways to get jobs, then cast all your cares on me and I can take care of you. He says, no, when you have something that you're anxious about or worried about, bring it to me, I'll take care of it. Because what matters to you matters to me. That's a spiritual law no matter what nation you're in. Amen? For you're living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Well, my goodness, we've been dealing with that. I think it's pretty much gone, but the body of Christ as a whole hasn't been dealing with this. Do you compare yourselves with others? Whoops. Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? Whoops. 
Look all over the look all over the prophetic internet right now. The different teachers and taking sizes. Don't get in that. Just say God. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Lord, help them to see. Let me see their piece of the picture. Lord, show me what's going on. How many know not many have been even, most people aren't even yielded yet to Holy Spirit. They're still under covering doctrine looking to a person. Heavens forbid if they have to look outside what they call their tribe. How are you going to get all the pieces if you look at one tribe? How many know, I, th- I feel like there's a serious soberness in the body of Christ in America wanting to grow up and God's going to do it. So I'm not making fun of anybody who hasn't gone through what other people have gone through to get to a certain place of yieldedness to God. See, the key is when you go through something, you don't change who he is and what he means and what his word says. You don't make up things to go along to make you look faithful when he's not. God is faithful right now, people. He's faithful even when we haven't been. And he gets to choose who and how much and what for his bigger purpose. And we can't say, well, you can't do that, God, if you don't have us with all of our freedoms. How are we going to take the gospel to the nations? And God might just say, how much of the church has really done that? With their big fancy buildings and their fancy cars and all their houses and their big salaries and, and um, their big parties. and this, that. How much have you really taken anything to the nations? Well, America's done more missionary work than anyone else. Well, we've had a lot more money than anyone else. So let's look at the percentage wise. Of the percentage of the money that we've had, did we really do more than another nation percentage wise? This was not what I was planning on preaching tonight. If I told y'all that she wouldn't have come and me either, but we're here. <laughs> this is kind of like Karen and I radio show that week like, he goes, okay, so if you quarrel and take up sides, if so, this proves that you're living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh, behaving like unbelievers. This is kind of funny if you have been watching the feuds on the internet between this prophetic person saying this and this one yelling this. And they can all think they're as mature as anything, but the truth is we're all in this together and we're not supposed to point fingers at one another. We're not supposed to say, well, you're not in the, God's looking for the Gideon army. We're going through, but you didn't make it. You don't know what he, he's probably, your attitude of that just probably disqualified you. Amen? God is shaking us, people. The church is so immature. But she thinks she's a bride with army boots. I'm making a song. But, but I'm watching serious believers and serious teachers and people called to, to the ministry. I, I would really, really humble. People should humble themselves if they call themselves apostles yet. We need to see some real pure doctrine and some real pure power and some real pure love and it needs to look like the book of Acts and beyond. We need to humble ourselves and repent. And, and if we can't do that now, and let's not point at everybody else, I've seen my stuff, amen? But I've heard nobody else almost at all see their own stuff. They see everybody else's. There, there are exceptions to that. I mean, God is humble. People are being humbled, but some aren't. If you 
take sides and you quarrel about all this, it proves you're living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh, behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourselves up in groups, here we go, this is the covering thing, this is the my tribe thing, this is the my movement thing. Everybody has a movement. If God does anything, somebody takes a claim to it, starts making CDs and teachings and raising up and everybody has a movement. Where did the word movement? That's like the new, what are they, used to be denominational, that's all. We can't say we are denomination anymore. Then what was it after that? Stream. And then it was, um, you know, now everybody has a movement. And that word, I think, is in scripture. He says, you're immature. You keep dividing yourselves up into groups. Paul's group, Apollos' group. You're acting like people without the Spirit's influence. Who is Apollos really? Who is Paul? Aren't we just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry of the Lord that he's assigned to us? That's busting covering doctrine, even though I don't know if the person who did this translation is, I think he may be undercovering. I don't know. So many people are. They're blinded by that. I think it's... it's as I'm preaching tonight, as somebody who God has shown covering doctrine two years ago in a really, really hard trial and told me he was going to open, if I would see this, he would, it would break the power of my son being anemic. Oh my gosh, we're starting to live out that prophecy. If the church would open their eyes to the extreme damage of covering doctrine right now, repent for taking God's place, the Holy Spirit's place, Connecting them to your headship instead of the headship of Christ. If people would see that and they would really repent of that, God would begin to make the power flow through the body of Christ and she would not be anemic. It might be time for me to have to write that book. Ooh, I feel this. I know this isn't what you were thinking. Who cares? It's so anointed. Whew. You never know. You just never know. Because I never know. So if I don't know, unless God tells you, Karen might know. She probably knows. She probably knows everything. <laughs> so I knew we weren't going to do that. <laughs> he goes on, I was the one who planted a church. Apollos had cared for it, but it was only God who can cause it to grow. This means the one who plants is not anybody special. The one who waters, the one who brings the supernatural is... Nor is the one who waters. For God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. What is it saying? Quit looking to these prophets, to these so-called apostles, to the so-called teachers of the hour. Quit looking to them and look to God. And whatever they bring from God only has power to help you to grow because it's from God. It's just a gift. They're no different. There's not a hierarchy. Who? The whole idea of the globalist movement is able to be fueled by the hierarchy thinking that came in with Catholicism. Jesus Christ came on purpose to do away with, completely destroy the idea of a us and them. Let's see how they do it. Um, a him, a us, and a them. There is no, there's a him, and then there's us. There is no them. 
But the entire church is still thinking there's a them and wonder why them can't see him and can't hear him and is following after the, after the, the us, <laughs> the leaders. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God's showing us. He's showing us right to our faces how anemic the church is. How powerless And everybody runs to, who's, who's, who's the person you listen to and what are they saying? And get mad at somebody who's not who you listen to and what they're saying. When God says, be led by my spirit, connect to the headship of Christ, and I will show you their part of the picture. And I'll show you their part of the picture. And I'll show you their part of the picture. I'll show you your part of the picture. I'll show you how you're to come together as my body, says the Lord. I bring it forth a body. That's what I'm doing in this hour. I'm bringing forth my divided body. I'm putting all the pieces together in the fingers and the toes and the knees. I'm connecting it all to the headship of my son, says the Lord. There will no longer be an arm here and a hand there, torso there, a knee there. All saying, I have no need of the rest of you. Because without me, says the Lord, there is no body. There's just jealousy, confusion. And division, that which you're watching in your nation now, says the Lord, is exactly what the church looks like to me. But I am doing a great work among you, for I'm going to bring forth my body. And when my people love one another, as I have loved you, says the Lord, they will know you by your love for one another. For you speak so clearly of your love for one another. And yet you don't live it, says the Lord. And you speak so boldly of your love for me, says the Lord. And yet I say in my word, how can you love me if you do not love your brother that you can see? For I am going to pour out a baptism of my love before I pour out a baptism of my fire. And I'm going to shake you, says the Lord to a place of yielding to my spirit and loving the way that I love. And then I'm going to bring forth a church that these rulers that are in process of being dethroned will not be able to stand against. And all of our flesh is thinking, this isn't really what I wanted to hear. <laughs> but it is what my spirit wants to hear, and I agree with my spirit. Whew. For we are co-workers, Colossians, 1 Colossians 3.9, we are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden. No wonder I've been working on a garden nonstop for two days. You are the house he is building. For God has given me unique gifts as a skilled master builder who lays a good foundation. This is a true apostle. A true apostle has been given gifts by God to be a, master, a skilled master builder to lay the foundation of Jesus Christ. A true apostle lays no other foundation except the foundation of Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. Afterwards, another craftsman comes to build on it. 
So builders beware. Let every builder do his work carefully according to God's standards. For no one is empowered to lay an alternative foundation over than the good foundation that exists, which is in Christ Jesus. The quality of materials used by anyone building on this foundation will soon be made apparent. Whether it was built gold with silver and costly stones, or was it just built with wood, hay, and straw, their work will soon become evident, for the day will make it clear, because it will be revealed by the blazing fire. And the fire will test and prove the workmanship of each builder. If his work stands the test of this fire, he will be rewarded. If his work is consumed by this fire, he will suffer great loss, yet he himself will escape destruction barely, like one being rescued out of a burning house. Don't you realize that together we have become God's inner sanctuary and that the spirit of God makes his permanent home in you? If anyone desecrates God's inner sanctuary, God will desecrate him for God's inner sanctuary is holy and that is exactly who you are. So why fool yourself and live under an illusion? Make no mistake about it. If anyone thinks he's wise by the world's standards, he'll be, he will be made wiser by being a fool for God. For what the world says is wisdom is foolishness in God's eyes. As it is written, the cleverness of the know-it-alls, listen to this, the cleverness of the know-it-alls becomes the trap that ensnares them. Now, these are the parts I was picking up last night, like, woo. He's dethroning, the process of dethroning these rulers is happening. The cleverness of these know-it-alls has become the trap that's going to ensnare them. Father, we release that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come in agreement as touching that these angels, the ones in Florida and anywhere else you have them, Lord, the ones that are even over this place, Lord, we release these angels now with this word that the cleverness of these know-it-alls, Lord, these ones who mm, mock you as the creator, God, these ones who mock your church, Lord God, these ones who think that they could rule and reign better than you, God, the ones who want to wipe your name off of the face of the planet, Lord, these ones, Lord, who twist and turn and lie, the cleverness of these know-it-alls is the very trap that will ensnare them. Lord, I thank you that whatever their cleverness is, is going to ensnare them. Let me see what that is in the the literal. Ooh, I feel that. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it has been written, he takes the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasoning of the wise, that they are worthless. Ooh, feel that. Oh, let me see what Amplified says. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness, stupidity before God. For it is written in the scripture, he is the one who catches the wise and clever in their own craftiness, which is basically their own schemes. What does that mean? What they are doing right now, what they're going to be doing tomorrow, how is going to backfire on them, according to God. It's going to backfire on them. And that is going to cause everyone to know that though it's going to look like we have two presidents, everyone's going to know who the real president is. Once, <laughs> once they're entrapped, by their own, their own cleverness, their own devices. Does everybody get what I'm saying? Whew, I feel this. Man, I feel this. Whew. So whether being crafty, let me, look, let me look up that word crafty in the um, King James Amplified. Craftiness. Trickery. 
cunning, shrewd, all these twisted things, all this stuff with demonic power, all this making something look like it's not. Oh my gosh. Making something that happened a week ago look like it's a lot different than what it was. Making what they were doing look so different than what it was. Whew, you know what God's doing? He's going to reveal the hypocrites by the hypocrisy that's going to be in everybody's faces. And it's going to backfire. It's going to backfire. And he's going to have the church dethroning the rulers of this age in the spirit realm. While he has the world watching them being exposed by their own craftiness. The things they plotted against the righteous. The things they plotted against those that God had put in position to expose them. The very things they used to try to destroy what God had planned is going to cause their plans to be exposed and crumbled. Now believe it. Hang on to it. It's not about tomorrow. Amen? Ho! I'm okay with the Red Sea moment. But even if that moment happens tomorrow, it's got to expose all this in a powerful way. And how many know we don't need a failure there? Whew, gosh, I feel this. Woohoo, yay, I love preaching like this. Let me get back in here. All right, mmm. Ooh, Lord. Let me get back in the... Whew. Get this, everybody write this down. 1 Corinthians 3.19. It is a scripture to release and to pray and release and pray, prophesy, declare it, decree it, whatever you want to call it. Get it in the hands of angels to war with. Amen? For what the world says is wisdom, which is what the media is saying. The media is telling you what the world says, all right? The media is the voice of the enemy declaring the spirit of the world, all right? So for what the world says is wisdom, they call it wisdom, but it's foolishness in God's eyes. How many know if you see the way he sees it's foolishness, you're like, how can, can't people see this? Why can't people see this? And then what you're like saying, like, why would anybody not want to look into this? Why would anybody not see the hypocrisy? Has anybody else been saying that? Well, God is saying good because you have eyes to see. But he sees it. He says it's foolishness. And he says it is written. Whew. It is written. This is the law of God. This is the spiritual law of God being released right now into the situation. The cleverness of the know-it-alls. I love the way this word. The cleverness of the know-it-alls becomes the trap that ensnares them. All right, so we know what the trap is. Now it's going to snare their own hypocrisy. The trying to They're trying to do away with and dishonoring a person who has served this country and God with a very quick, unconstitutional situation we just watched is going to backfire because the whole world can see, wait a minute, you didn't scream that when this happened. And you didn't scream that when this happened. And you didn't scream that when this happened. And God's also checking the hearts of all the people. Why doesn't that bother you? Does people not get you're going to reap what you sow? If it doesn't bother you, 
that they can try to destroy a person's career, a person's legacy, everything someone's done, led a lot of it by the Spirit of God. If they can try to destroy that by pointing at a situation and saying that it caused the reaction, but it's not true. And then you can go and look with modern technology and footage of them actually doing what they're accusing this person of doing and actually causing destruction and causing loss of life and causing confusion, then what they are saying is they also should get the same as the person that they're using this to destroy. You shall reap what you sow. That's another spiritual law. God's saying that here. He's saying, you, what you're setting up here, you people, you thinking it's clever, it's going to ensnare you. This is powerful, you guys. This, we are going to, we are going to keep, pro we've been doing this since at least really a long time, a couple years ago, but really since March, we really got into this, right? So we're not going to quit praying in the spirit. Amen. We don't have to do anything violent. We're not going to do anything violent. I don't usually even feel led to go to protests. I never have gotten to one. I'd much rather do my warfare in the spirit realm. I'm not, I'm not against people showing up and supporting things in the natural at all. I think you need to do whatever God tells you to do. And we're not to be afraid. You cannot operate in fear. That's why I cannot operate in fear in what I preach or teach. You cannot try to be self-centered right now and take care of self in your little world. You better give up your little world and let God take care of you. Amen? It's kind of, everybody's in their Esther moment, hey? Everybody's in an Esther moment. Lord, I'm gonna have to trust you. Show me what to do. That doesn't mean you can do anything you wanna do, amen? If, if God's like, wear the, then just wear it, who cares? Just pray. I know it tries to get, it tries to, you know, it tries to make you see what the red flag is up to. But you can just pray in tongues. You can make your eyes shine. Amen? Amen. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna overcome. We're gonna have the grace to overcome. We're gonna persevere. Every I don't know why everybody thought 2021 it was gonna magically be over. Americans are goofy, you know, just goofy. Like I'm thinking, there's nothing looking that good going into 2021, <laughs> especially especially when you have. Uh, anyway, here's my thing. I'm gonna tell you this. When we had another president before who said we weren't a Christian nation and really brought this c country under curse because he was elected, this time it can't happen because God sees two presidents. I mean, God sees one president. The world sees two presidents. God's only going to honor the words of the one. So keep praying for the one God sees. Ha! Keep praying for him. Pray for his wisdom. Pray for his strategies. Pray for the connections. Pray divine protection. We're going to be praying. It's not like, oh, he just rode off into the sunset. We're not praying no more. Uh, uh, uh. He is being prepared. 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 Mm. Oh, my goodness. The prayer is going to be hitting the heavenlies. If everybody goes back to their complacency as normal and just sits here and takes this nation into complete destruction, then absolutely shame on us. 
But if we would wake up and not have to call the shots and say, when has to happen? God just showed us so clear. If you're, if you're fighting each other and taking sides over this little thing, you're immature, grow up. And he's not just talking about, he's talking about anybody who's trying to take sides and come after somebody else. I have noticed a few people being humbled in that, thank God. Because it's not, it's easy to get in that. All right, here we go. Oh, this is so good. Look at this. Oh, again, the Lord, isn't it cool for God to have me go to this translation and read this after that prayer I prayed? The Lord sees right through the clever reasonings of the wise. He knows that it's all a sham. Okay, does everybody got that? God knows it's a sham. He sees through it. He's letting them entrap themselves. God himself has set up that they're entrapping themselves. Everything that is happening is a God-desired thing of exposing an entrapment. Does everybody get that? Okay, do you believe it? Is it in his word? Is his anointing here? Does it go along with everything that's happening? It means our flesh has to die that we don't get our yahoo necessarily when we want it. But it's okay because it's going to come and the church is going to be stronger. Now listen to this one. Don't be proud of your allegiance to any human leader. Now the person wrote this way before anybody was looking to America's, one of America's greatest presidents ever. (laughs) So don't be proud of your allegiance to any human leader. This isn't about being puffed up and look who I'm following. You follow Christ and you pray for your leaders. All the prayers for the ones who are staying in a position that God did not put them in. The Bible says when you pray for people like that, it put coals of fire on their head. I would not want to be any of those people who are trying or even think they can steal God's nation from him when he has awakened his bride. It's like the Prince Charming, Jesus Christ, has kissed his bride and said, wake up, sleepyhead. It's a mess. You need to get to serious business. For actually, you already have everything. It has been given for your benefit, whether it's Paul or Paulus or Peter the Rock or whether it's the world or life or death or whether it's the present or the future. Every single thing belongs to you as a believer. And now you are joined to the Messiah who is joined to God. We're going to stop there, even though I'm probably maybe on Sunday going to finish the next three chapters. Isn't that amazing that that's in Corinthians like that? Isn't that amazing? We didn't have to jump around to a hundred different places. There it is. New covenant. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.